Hello, Herd, and welcome to another episode of our Clone Wars rewatch here on Nerd Herder. Uh, part two of your double dose of Nerd Herderness for today. So, hopefully, you're ready to shift gears from comic uh, writer interview to Clone Wars. Massacre. Massacre! Uh, I'm your Herd leader, John Wayne. And I'm your Herd mom, Megan. And yeah, we're here to talk about a massacre. Um, that is both the name of the episode and what happens. Mm -hmm. um, today's a little different. It's a little bit shorter. We're talking uh, about just two episodes today. Um, it's kind of a self-contained little two-parter two arc uh, where we come back to revisit our fan-favorite Baldy Harpy, uh, Ventress, mm -hmm. and what she's doing with life and the life's she ends uh, basically just by existing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's, it's a little, it's an interesting one. Um, there's great moments, and then there's also moments where it's just like, oh, bad guys doing bad things and whatnot. Bad boys. But, um, yeah, it's been a little while since we hung out with Ventress, and now we get to see, um, her return, only to kind of enter a new chapter of her life, uh, which is gonna be fun to talk about and whatnot, but... Yeah, um, these two episodes are followed immediately by episodes revolving around Darth Maul and whatnot. And yeah. while they're connected, they're also very independent of these. And because we're already recording quite a lot um, this week and, and next and such, we wanted to uh, take advantage of having some lighter content and just take, uh, take them two at a time, take it easy. So hopefully you don't mind that. But anyway, we're starting off with uh, Season 4, Episode 19... Massacre. Massacre. So you can kind of infer what's about to happen. Yes. Which, again, I mean, we assume you've all watched it <laughs> prior to listening to this, because this is not no way, this is not a proper way to get your Clone Wars. No, this is not Slumber Party Massacre either. No. Completely different film. Um, but, uh, yeah, and the uh, moral for this episode is, one must let go of the past to hold on to the future. Yeah. Mmm. I think I did a Monday Motivation That's with similar intent. Familiar. Um, now, uh, you know, what I always like to say with that thing and with the whole kill the past, you know, stuff is, yes, your past does not necessarily have to dominate your future, but you have to be really silly to think that your future is not informed by your past. So, yes, yes let go of your past. Certainly don't operate utterly under the control of your past, but don't forget your past completely either because then you're bound to make the same mistakes or end up in the same situations. If you just press restart every time, like, oh, that's past, you know, that's a, you're, you're going to end up in the same cycles. So yeah. you have to be careful. Um, that's just my <clears throat> soapbox warning. I just, you know, uh, but... What uh, kind of soap is it, John? Uh, Irish Spring. Irish Spring. That's, <laughs> a, that's appropriate. Exactly, so... But, uh, but yeah, and... Um, Man, they uh, Ventress gets some help with letting go of the past to yeah, accept she does. the future. Uh, it's kind of taken from her a little bit, but uh, poor baby. Yeah, we'll get there. So, yeah, the cat saw me make eye contact with her, so now she's licking her butt. Oh, fun to include that on the Sorry. podcast. Thanks so much. I just much. wanted to like point it out to you, but and apparently me. everyone else. Sorry. Um, no, you're not. So we get started with Asajj, kind of running home with her tail between her legs because she has been betrayed by Savage Opress. Yeah, so I guess we're meant to assume some of the past few episodes have been happening alongside some other stories, or... I guess so. It, it's really difficult to imagine why it took so long for her to return home or for, you know... She took a wrong turn. Yeah, apparently. She stopped at Space Disney World. It it took her a while to come back, but she's back. Yeah. Um, so she's gone into hiding now uh, under the sanctuary of Mother Talzin and the Night Sisters. I mean, kind of all she has left now. Exactly. Um, so we get a really neat scene uh, where Talzin is not only welcoming her back into the Night Sisters, but they baptize her in some gross subterranean water that looks like oil and she is all green and evil and yeah. she is proclaimed a true night sister yeah because i mean although she's a night sister by blood and inherited she's not one by i guess rights yeah, and so. so this is the official process of her becoming 
a night sister now. Yeah, but she um, doesn't have the booty shorts or the red hood. Yeah, she gets to keep her outfit, which is nice. Yeah, I like her outfit better. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's interesting to see what they do to become... I, I guess that... I mean, not that she probably needs <clears throat> the help, but I guess for the rest of them, it helps heighten their connectivity to this m- mystic force power. Yeah. Obviously, she's connected in her own way, so she doesn't probably need the help, but it it's, it's definitely a lot more than just drinking Kool-Aid or... Um, you know, just signing a piece of paper. You know, it's a little yeah. bit more of a ceremony. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. Yeah, so they they have a good old party to welcome her into the family. But, meanwhile, on Sereno, mm-hmm. uh, Dooku summons General Grievous um, and orders him to lead a massive assault on Dathomir. Yeah, yet again, it's one of those things where it's like, you have to imagine this is happening alongside other parts of the story because, again, why would it take him... I mean... He even says in the episode, it's finally time. Like, what were you waiting on? Yeah. Like, what, like they tried to kill you, like, you know, a was, week ago. Was it this awkward time of him and Grievous just like, what What time works for you to have a massacre? Well, how about next Tuesday? Yeah. Oh, no, I've got a, gar- I've got a garage sale. I've, I just, I really got to get rid of some of these lightsabers, man. It's try- <laughs> <laughs> It's like trying to set up a and d session with your friends. It's just like, <laughs> right. I'm busy Thursdays and Fridays. Well, I work... I'm free on Thursdays and Fridays, so we're going to have to figure out something. Right, so apparently after many scheduling conflicts, they're finally able to work out, oh, yeah. let's go kill some Night Sisters. <laughs> yeah, everyone's free at one awkward time, like at 5 p.m. where you're supposed to be eating dinner. Right. Um, yeah. And it, it's also interesting that Grievous gets to be the one to lead this because there'd always been that seemingly playful banter between Grievous and Ventress yeah. as Daddy's favorite, and now... Clearly, Grievous probably feels pretty good knowing he's the one still around and yeah, whatnot, you know? Yeah, process of elimination, when all the other children are dead, you are automatically <laughs> Very true, very true. Yeah, it's like the whole thing where I'm the only daughter in my family, therefore I'm the favorite daughter. Exactly, it's, you, don't, you don't have competition. I'm also the favorite child, don't tell anybody. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone has a favorite. Yeah. Um, so back on Dathomir, the Night Sisters, they're having their little cocktail party. For Ventress's quinceanera. Um, and the skies are immediately lit up with flames as vulture droids and hyena bombers. Or, I said that right? Yep. Okay, good. Hyena bombers. Straight through the witch's lair. Yep, so... And some really cool imagery. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, this... Everything happens in this episode. Yes. In terms of involving the Night Sisters. So it moves pretty quick. Oh, yeah. You know... The next episode, we're moved on from this. Ventress is on her own now, so yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot going on in this episode. It's kind of a stark contrast between the two, but they're still connected. Right. You still have to see how they get there, but I mean, I appreciate they didn't draw this out too much. I mean, yeah. As we're gonna see, it's not a huge conflict. I mean, it's a big deal, but it's maybe a few dozen Night Sisters. Like, it's not like a. I mean. Yeah. Obviously, They're their numbers increase. Very capable. Oh yeah, and their numbers increase in a minute. But <laughs> over overall, it's still not like the Battle of Genos. It's not like huge scale, yeah. you know. So it it really shouldn't take more than an episode to kind of sum it up. Yeah. After the initial bombing, the Separatist droid forces touch down on Dathomir, and landing ships unload tanks and transports, and rows upon rows of battle droids march through the forests burning a direct path into the Night Sisters' lair. Yeah. Um, and so uh, Ventress kind of leads the charge uh, mm-hmm. in this battle, which is pretty cool. Um, and like I said, it moves pretty quick, so we get a really quick... You know, Mo- Mother Talzin has a pretty quick idea of how to help, because again, yeah. we don't know how many Night Sisters, but, I mean, I'd be pressed to say more than 50, yeah. maybe 60. Yeah. I um, mean, Yeah. And Ventress is immediately just sort of taken by the fact, oh, they're here for me. Well, like, I mean, kind of, but, uh, I mean, to be fair, yeah, she, her coming there and being like, hey, mm-hmm. I want to be part of the family, I want to get back at Dooku, you know, if she hadn't started that revenge plot, then Dooku wouldn't want his revenge now. Yeah. But at the same time, Mother Talzin's the one that was just like, oh, yes, we're going to devote ourselves to your personal vendetta and everything. So, I mean... They interrupted her bat mitzvah and everything. And it's not like they were in a secret lair or anything. Dooku knows where they are. So, like, 
yes and no in terms of it's your fault. I mean, it but, seems like a lot of people know where Dathomir is. I mean, it's like a, well, yeah, no, it's, I mean, it's a well-known planet, and while there's maybe legend about the Night Sisters, and nobody explicitly knows much about them or the Night Brothers, they're still not, people know they actually exist. They know they're not figments of imagination. I hope to somewhat, someday see Night Sisters, or, you know, just even more Zabrax in, uh, in live action. It'd have to depend where it takes place. Exactly. On, <laughs> in terms of the timeline. Unless, like, Mother Talzin's getting busy in the afterlife, but that's about it. Or unless there's, uh, like, another sect of Night Sisters somewhere. Which is possible. It is possible. Because we only see them uh, attacking, attacking, attacking this particular part of the planet. Right. I mean, you would believe that they're all together, but there could have been another branch mm-hmm. of Night Sisters somewhere out there. Yeah. So. Which, yeah. Uh... So, the Night Sisters use the really cool-looking trees around them uh, as cover as they kind of snipe the incoming droids. Yeah, I mean, again, you, you, you mentioned it. They're they're capable. They are incredibly capable. But it's and it's, it's awesome. It's about the quantity that they're going against exactly. that becomes difficult, and so they have to get their own quantity. It's one of those things like how many you know droids would it take to take down one extremely intelligent turtle, like. At least, if you have... That a, was not the hypothetical situation I thought you were setting up. <laughs> if you have a hundred, like... If you have a hundred turtles. If you have a hundred <laughs> no, dumb people against one turtle, like, they're gonna, they're gonna beat the Why turtle. are these people fighting a turtle, though? I don't know. I'm tired. My head hurts. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I just, I, I'm more curious where the turtle comes from. I don't know. Like, Would you what, rather... what do these people have a problem with the turtle? One horse-sized duck, or, well, yes, one horse-sized duck versus a hundred duck-sized horses. A hundred duck-sized horses. I don't know. Show your work. Why? I don't know. Because you imagine... I'm here to talk Star Wars. I don't know where this comes from. What about their powerful hooves? They're tiny. Whatever. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, many droids fall, but so do the Night Sisters. Yeah. Yeah. And so... The witches are incredibly outnumbered. Yeah, and that's when um, Mother Talzin comes up with the plan on how to help with that. Yeah. Which is an interesting one. I think this is the reason I like this episode the most. Oh, yeah, this episode's incredible. Like, uh, going to visit old Daka yeah. is a big part of the episode. Like, I hope one day to be referred to as old Megan. <laughs> well, eventually like, you will be I'm old, 30. so there you go. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I, I want to know more in terms of, like, why is she hidden away yeah. like what's what's Daka's story yeah. why a is bit? she the only one who can resurrect the fallen sisters well I mean Mother Talzin who is very powerful is even like you know she's the most powerful of us all and I'm just like how did we decide that well yeah. I mean I, not that I'm challenging it it's just one of those things where it's like that's really interesting to introduce last yeah. minute is it like she killed the last Mother Talzin and now she's the mother well I mean maybe I mean I wonder if that's where Mother Talzin would be if their culture had continued on is like does she become the new old you know witch kind of thing you know yeah because it kind of seemed for a little bit that she was grooming Ventress kind of I mean she's the most capable clearly yeah but um but yeah they introduce Daka and then um starts working on a uh strategy to resurrect uh, the ancient Night Sisters. Yeah, we know what's in the trees. Well, what I found is interesting when looking at this is it's actually not the trees. So, the trees do look like that and have little pods, but where the Night Sisters actually come from, they're fabricated. They made those trees. Like, they made those structures, and um, they used, like, animal skin and whatnot to preserve the sisters. So, huh. it's they they created it to blend in with the trees, but it's not actually in the trees. Huh! Which I think is even more interesting than them being in the trees. That's really cool. Um, but yeah, so basically, whenever Night Sisters die, they, you know, mummify them yeah. in these pods, and that's how I want to go. <laughs> right. Uh, that way, you can be summoned again when the droids attack. <laughs> Put me in a tree and summon me when like Bill and Ted number eight comes yeah, out. Yeah, call me when September ends. But no. Uh, yeah. So basically, they resurrect zombie Night Sisters. Yeah. Um. The cool thing is that it reintroduces something from season one, the defoliator comes back. The defoliator. That was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, So if you remember, it's the thing that destroys organic matter but leaves 
the droids and you know machines fine yeah we've never seen it used again until now so that's actually pretty cool it's a, it's a really cool callback um you know to and how appropriate since the it helps them clear their clear another fiery path to the to the night sisters yeah and then we get all Scooby-Doo on Zombie Island all up in this. Have you ever seen that movie? Uh-huh. It's the best Scooby-Doo movie in my opinion. Sure. Um so I don't have much of a Scooby-Doo opinion, so. Wow. For someone who loved Freddie Prince Jr., I thought you would. <laughs> eh. Yeah. I don't know. Whatever. So, yeah, the mummified night sisters burst out of their tomb and they're feeling just fine. And these are 28 Days Later zombies. These yeah. are runners. They're fast. Uh, I love their screams and screeches as they... Like, they're... They're formidable. It's really... It, and, I mean, these are not just, like... They're not they're fresh. They're not cartoonies. Yeah, yeah they're, they're, they, they're they show decay. They show, you know, skeletons yeah. beneath. and all, Like, it's it's pretty interesting. I, I, yeah. I love that they took it that far. It's one of those things, like, where you you told me about, you know, the Night Sisters before, mm-hmm. but it was, like, a long time ago, and I completely forgot about it until that moment. Right. Where I was just like, oh, zombies. oh this is a thing. Zambos. Yeah, I think we talked about it on our uh, horror and Star Wars episode. Yeah, we did. Yeah. Um, because I think this is an element that would have been really great to see in other storytelling yes. and, and whatnot. Now, oh, give me tales from Dathomir. <laughs> right. Oh, ooh. ooh. Now, I firmly believe they could have won if they had left it there. Yeah. Just use the zombies, overrun the numbers, you'll be fine. But Mother Talzin gets all personal with it. Yeah. Um, and she's goes voodoo. A voodoo doll. Yeah, she's got a voodoo doll and a lock of hair from Dooku. It's one of those things, like, how do you think she got that? Uh, yeah, like... It's like I mean, and it's a it's a good chunk of hair. It's enough that it's like you did not just pull, you didn't just pluck that when he wasn't looking. Like yeah, the, you you chopped some off. It's one of those things. Like John is not that far in the adventure zone, so if you've listened to it and you know the story, shut up. I'd actually be like, intrigued if anyone that listens to our podcast is. Ever I'm sure there's like that. a crossover. Maybe it's my favorite D and D podcast. Yeah, it's so I mean just. Yeah. Just for reference, not assuming everybody's heard it, but it's yeah, it's a D and D podcast by uh, three brothers and a, their dad, and yeah. it's really fantastic. So you should check it out. Yeah, and I'm not going to explain this next sentence. So strap in. When Garfield takes a little bit of Magnus's blood, Garfield is a warlock, by the way, Garf- not a cat. Garfield, the deal's warlock. <laughs> exactly. Which we're getting an illustration of him coming soon. Yeah. Like, it's going to be in the next uh, graphic novel, and mm-hmm. I'm so excited to see what it is, because a lot of people have been speculating, like, is it going to be Garfield? I feel like Or it's... is it going to be, like, a redacted kind I feel of like nothing like Garfield, just to make it even weirder. But your point. Yeah. Oh my gosh. One of the greatest reveals in Amnesty is going to be great. Like, um... So Garfield? Garfield. <laughs> like, when he takes a little bit of Magnus's blood, it comes back later. Mm-hmm. I just imagine, like, was there a similar situation with Dooku, where Mother Talzin was like... I will let you, you know, sleep upstairs in my foyer for a lock of your hair. Something well, we like know that. we know they're connected from when they interacted earlier before, but it's still yeah. one of those things where it's just like... Did she steal it? There's Yeah, I, like, it. I'm very curious, but... <sighs> yeah, so she starts um, basically boiling the doll. She's the babe with the power, yes. And, and whatnot. Um, well, it's not like boiling, boiling. It's like, it's, it's... It's like the magic going on He's in the cauldron. <laughs> it, yeah, it's like the magic in the cauldron is affecting the the doll, which is affecting him. Yeah. Um. So he tells Grievous that he's got to, he's got to do something about that. Yeah. <laughs> um. But what's interesting is that uh, Grievous is kind of busy having a showdown, a you know, a kind of personal showdown with uh, Ventress. Mm-hmm. Because again, they they've always kind of been trying to be the favorite. Yeah. Uh, and now they kind of get a moment to prove it. Yeah. Well, Grievous takes Dooku's orders and runs into the fort, ten- temple, I guess. Yeah, it's like their little lair. temple lair thing. Yeah. And Ventress, uh, they, he orders his troops to fire on Ventress. Right. Yeah. And she so, is outnumbered. Yeah, because uh, in usual Grievous fashion, he can't just have a straight fight. Of course not. So, But he goes and takes care of, he kills old Daka. Yes. Um, Pretty immediately. And then, luckily, Ventress, is, uh, not Ventress, I'm sorry, uh, Talzin, uh, escapes. She disappears into the mist. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and ultimately he just knocks over the cauldron and Dooku's fine now. Um, yeah, which is effective, I guess. Yeah, but with the zombies gone, you know, we just get a montage of all the Night Sisters basically being killed. Yeah. Uh, because now they have n- they have no help. Mm-hmm. And so Ventress escapes, but now she's all alone. Yep. Poor baby. Um, and um, Mother Charleston just says, you have your own path to follow now. And it's kind of tough because you got you, you, you end with Ventress, you know, reaching out to her and being like, you know, don't, don't leave me. I don't know what to do. Like, you know, yet again she finds herself at a loss for identity and family and, and whatnot. Yeah. And I felt like it was kind of cruel of Talzin to just be like, okay, good luck. And, mm-hmm. you know, it just, I mean, I think for Talzin, she under, she thinks that Ventress is un- going to understand, like, no, you need to figure this out on your own. Yeah. But for Ventress, like, that's kind of traumatizing. Yeah. I mean, we see in the next episode, she's very upset. Yeah. And, and it's, it's a difficult it's a difficult situation, and, and, I mean, they've been working on having you sympathize with um, Ventress for a while anyway. Yeah. But this really pushes it over the edge in terms of, like, yeah, she just got inducted into the Order and everything. And that's the thing, like, I wish I could go back and listen to, well, I can. It's not, like, in the mist. Mm-hmm. Um, go back and listen to when we first started talking about Ventress. Mm-hmm. I think I said, I don't think I could ever like her. Mm-hmm. Cut to... Today, now, yeah, she's one of my favorite characters. <laughs> yeah, well, and that's the beauty of Star Wars. That's that's what I love about it in terms of like, they can very easily take someone you never considered great or cared about and yeah. completely flip that around on you. Yeah, um, and I think uh, Ventress is a great example of that. Definitely. Yeah. Um, well, but that's that's the massacre. That's, that's the that massacre. episode. So we're gonna take a little break, talk at you with some ads, and then we'll be back for part two. And welcome back. And now we continue on with Ventress's journey. Uh, after a bit of time being alone, we see she's still trying to figure things out, though. She's had enough time to get a new outfit, though. Yes. Which looks really nice. She's wearing the booty shorts, guys. Yeah, she. it, it almost seems like she took a little bit of cue from her Nightsister heritage a little bit with this. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like a, in remembrance, I'm going to kind of dress like my culture kind of thing. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's not... There's no red, but I don't think she would look good with red. No. Nah. I don't think that's her color. She she has a lot more blue and purple in this, which yeah. I think is much more fitting for her. Yeah, I've had a thought, like, if I were to ever do, like, a cosplay Night Sister, it'd definitely be, like, a red dress situation <laughs> with a big red hat. Do, do, the, do a Mother Talzin. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, uh, we move on to the episode Bounty. Bounty. Um, so, the we're going to see some upper. familiar and new, interesting... Uh, faces. So yeah, guess how, guess he's out of prison, guys. <laughs> well, well, yeah, we'll we, we saw that. Yeah. Uh, so again, it it shows it is after the Obi Wan undercover arc then because Boba and Bosk are out mm-hmm. and appear here. So I guess that's why Dooku took so long because he had his mind on other things. I guess I don't know. It, it, in the end, it's not a big deal. In the end, it doesn't even matter. <laughs> exactly, but it's uh yeah season four episode twenty bounty and the moral is. Who we are never changes. Who we think we are does. Mm. That's a good one. That's pretty interesting. Self-esteem and that kind of thing. Well, I mean, it's kind of like the one, uh, you know, so when Boba um, first showed up, you know, in his revenge arc, um, one of the morals there is, who my father is matters far less than who I remember him to be. Yeah. And it's one of those elements where it's like, it, it's all about perspective. Like, his perspective is, my dad would want this. Yeah. You know, and I guess the perspective here for Ventress is, you are who you think you are more than who you are are. If, you yeah. Know, if, if, does that kind of make sense? Yeah. Or we could go Iron Giant, you are who you choose to be. Well, yeah, that's what I mean. Is Superman. It's, and and it, it all stems from what you think of yourself. I mean, it, yeah, you can just be you, or you can... Um, choose to be better. You can choose to be, you know, some, you know, the power of choice is significant in who we choose to be. Yeah. And that shouldn't be a bad thing for people. Like, you can always be better. No. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. You can always treat people with more kindness. You can always, you know, think better of people. There's always, there's always room to grow and improve. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, that's not a bad thing. And so it should be an encouragement. Exactly. And and here is where we see Ventress trying to learn that a little bit. Yes. Because um, now she's she's really on her own. Uh, she's she's got to find a way to live. Yeah, she's not really in the mode of you know paying it forward, paying for someone's Starbucks. Something yeah, like no, that. she's not there yet. No, she's not. She's not a good two shoes. Uh, no. But but she's definitely just trying to find her place in all of it. So, yeah. this is made abundantly clear when visiting a unnamed cantina, CDC yeah. bar, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's drinking. You know, she's sipping on gin and juice, laid back, mm-hmm. her mind on her dead family, I guess. Right. Um, and she gets the attention of a very gross alien person. Uh, yeah, his name's Obek. Of course it is. Um, but she does, you know, the Ventress thing and just puts a lightsaber through him. Well, she did, she did tell him to leave her alone. Yeah. She said no. Exactly. And he persisted. Now, Here's the thing. she could have cut his yeah. legs off or something. Could have, but... I don't feel bad for him either way. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I don't feel bad for him either way. Yeah, she could have also given him the mall treatment. You know, everything below the ribs. Right. But, like... (laughs) To be be fair, again, you know, I think in a rational situation, I could understand, like, oh, she could have just said... Think of where she's coming from. Yeah. And this is a message to all the people out there who are in the dating game or just, you know... Take a hint. (laughs) Take a hint, number one. Right. Number two, I tell this to our teens all the time. If someone tells you no, and you persist, they have the responsibility, if not the right, to cut you in half with a lightsaber. <laughs> well, I don't know about that, but <laughs> you, you're you're responsible for what happens after that. Exactly. If you've been told no, and... You don't listen. Right. You, you are responsible. Right. Um, yeah. But, oh, I'm sorry, it's not Obek. I don't know where I got that from. It's Oked. It's not much better. <laughs> it's not much better at um, all. We only learned that because um, she uh, meets up with Bosk yeah. and newcomer Lots Razi, um, who are basically like, hey, uh, that we needed that guy for yeah. a job. Guess who got a job? Right, yeah. You! <laughs> um, so what's interesting is Lots Razi, which is going to be everybody's new favorite, uh, yeah, if not already... She's voiced by Claire Grant, who I did not know was married to uh, Seth R- Seth Green. Yes. That's really interesting. Yeah. So there you go. They're a very cute couple. Um, and she's, she, Lots is just really interesting. She's she's up there with like Sugi, where it's just like, she's just introduced and I'm already super intrigued. Yeah. So Boss, Glatz, and their new buddy Ventress, uh, they head to go meet their boss. Oh, so before we... Oh. Talk about that. I just wanted to mention. So we do see a little glimpse of Embo to know that yes. he's fine and whatnot, and we see his little puppy. Oh, um, it's an Anubis, uh, which we first saw back in the Citadel arc, yeah. and his is named Merrick, uh, which is the name of an Arthurian knight who turns into a wolf, according to legend. That's amazing, right? So, and of course, Dave Filoni loves wolves, so that's where of you course. get. Of course, but anyway, what if he had another wolf named Galen? Oh, that'd be interesting. <laughs> um, so yeah, they meet the boss. They they meet the boss. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no, they no. don't. They meet the boba. Yeah, and <laughs> I think the interaction between him and Ventress is so, so funny. It's so cute because he's trying to be intimidating as like a little plucky teenager. I mean, I he's still Boba Fett, but yeah. you do ha- he has to have a certain awareness of like you're still a teenager though. You're still only like sixteen yeah. at this point. Like, not to like dunk on Daniel Logan. But it was a weird sensation being able to be eye to eye with someone who I look up to so much in the voice acting, you know, and just being Boba Fett. We're the same height. (laughs) Yeah. And that's wild to me because, like, I'm so used to looking up to people, like, literally. Right. Because I'm not short. I'm average height. Yeah. other people are freakishly tall. (laughs) Let's go with that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I like yeah. the... what. Well, what did you think of the redesign of Boba? I this? like it. I like his shaved head. Like, yeah, it looks good. add to my point, it was to the point where Hayden Christensen had to lean down and oh, talk gosh, to Oh gosh, yeah. That was funny. Tall boy. Um, <laughs> I, I love that, and I don't know if it's just the shaved head, but I do think there's a bit of design work to... Because yeah. he looks a lot more like the clones now. Yeah. 
he he he's starting to show that maturity a little bit, and he is yeah. taller than he has been. Yeah. Um, but he's still again he's only like sixteen, seventeen at this point. So. Yeah. We also see, Dengar. Yes. Oh, I didn't think you were gonna mention. In a very. Well, I knew you'd mention yeah, him, but I thought you were gonna mention someone else first, but. Uh, oh, I'm yeah, going, Dengar. I'm going to mention him. Okay. Because so. he's one of my new favorite dwarves. <laughs> exactly. Okay, but Dengar. Yeah, Dengar, who is just, wow. <laughs> he's not ex- He's not what I expected. No, not, I don't think he's, he's what a lot of people expected. Yeah, the like, thing is, we only get a look at him in Empire, and that's where everybody's so opinions came from. Yeah. yeah. He looks very grumpy and grizzled. And my, my opinion mostly comes from, you know, the non-canon, you know, legend, Tales yeah. of the Bounty Hunter. Yeah, yeah. Which... He was a gruff dude who yeah. did gruff things. Yeah, um, well, he's 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 definitely more burly in Empire than here. Yeah, he looks kind of plucky. Um, you know, uh, some stories explain that away in terms of like, yeah, he was young and plucky and spry, but he quickly had some tough missions that kind of yeah. turned him around a little bit. Um, and so I think it. I think that's still a similar story here where we can assume. He had, I mean, he's not the best. (laughs) We see that in this episode. No, he is not. Um, So perhaps some of that caused him to have a little bit of a, uh, some rough run-ins that made him a little bit more burly and whatnot. But, I mean, it's hard to be burly when you're voiced by Simon Pegg, let's just say. Yeah. (laughs) Um, We also get a C-21 Heisinger. Yeah. Heavily armed. He looks so cool. He is so awesome. So freaking cool. I love him so much. The head that looks like a mix between the first Colossus and Shadow of the Colossus and like the Aztec sun behind him. Uh huh. When so I lo- I love his the way he sounds that the weird robot noises he makes is just yeah. so robotic and cool. I love it. Oh, he's awesome. So awesome. So very cool. So this is what I mentioned before when we were talking about the Obi Wan uh, arc, and I was like, okay, so this is the ship that is based on the Houndstooth, and I was trying to remember where I knew it did show up. We actually see the Houndstooth yes. here, which is just, for for legends and lore people, That's for me it's, it was really nice because it's just like, hey, that is his ship. It's yeah. still his ship. That's awesome. Because yeah, I love the design of this ship. Yeah, they land on a space station to get their bounty. Oh, uh, I, I also wanted to... Um, Ask with the with Boba before we move on. Yeah. Uh, what did you think of his appearance? And I mean, not his physical appearance, but you know, we see him use his father's blasters, but he's got a different mask. What What did you think of his getup? I don't know. It felt weird to see him in different armor. I get that. Yeah. I I like the design of his helmet. I'll say that it shares some similarities with Star Warsy designs a little bit. Um, it's very similar to, like, the Sith Stalker armor from The Force Unleashed. It's yeah. similar to um, Sabine's Bounty Hunter Friends armor in Rebels. Uh, it's almost a little similar to Boosh's helmet um, that Leia wears in Return of the Jedi. Yeah. And so forth and so on. Um, I mean, clearly his armor, his dad's armor just wouldn't have fit Yeah. at this point. So that's the, the biggest explanation. Yeah. Um, so they... It's a space station orbiting over a planet called Quarzite. Um, it's a pressurized world where only subterranean cavers can offer escape from the crushing atmosphere that prevents starship transit. Which is cool as heck. Like, I love the idea of hostile worlds and hostile environments that are just, you know, hostile because of the the makeup of the world. Yeah, I, I thought it was a really interesting element and. I always got a vibe of Halo, uh, the Harvest um, Orbital Elevators from this. Yes. But, um, yeah, it's really interesting. It's so weird when you say things, and I have absolutely no frame of reference for what the heck you're talking about. Well, the, on- <laughs> the only similarity is the fact that yeah. they they need a, a special means to reach the planet. Yeah. That That's the similarity. But We'll have to, like, have another conversation about what the heck the Halo is, because I don't remember. It's It's... A ring with a terranean world yeah. built in. It's, it's, all the rings are basically both weapons and Noah's Ark. The Forerunners liked it, so they put a ring on it. Gotcha. Egg, egg, sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, you you l- like my knowledge? <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah. Um, last thing I just wanted to mention is the cool thing. We actually know what Boba's gang is called now. Really? Um, so in the recently released Scum and Villainy 
book, which is a book set up on the basis of these are criminal reports from, um, you know, uh, Coruscant uh, police and whatnot. Yeah. Uh, in there, they mention this is that the cl the group is called Crate's Claw, which is pretty cool. Huh. Um, and he's got an extensive report talking about the whole nature versus nurture of Boba Fett in terms of like, you know. Yeah. Is it just this boy needs a hug? Right. He, 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 it was it was really interesting that, and it's something I didn't expect to get in what's just meant to be a kind of interesting yeah. um, uh, guidebook. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's an in-depth look of like, hmm, could he have turned out to be a decent kid if certain experiences hadn't happened? Yeah. Like, I read a theory that the reason Bobo's so angry at Jedi is because, you know, he has that innate you know, clone thing of Order 66, he doesn't like Jedi because they killed his dad. Like, I... Boba, I don't think, was programmed. That's... Like, it is interesting to think about, because, yeah. I mean... Yeah, he didn't get the growth acceleration, but it's not to say that the Kaminoans couldn't have been uh, dishonest about something. I mean, maybe they, like, programmed him to a point. Because he is very good... With, what, well, like, what if what if stuff. what if they put something in there as a contingency for Django? Oh. What if they put something in there like, well, if Django goes crazy, we could have his son kill him, and we can use his son as the next template. Ooh, That's, I like that. Ooh, we didn't expect to get that, <laughs> but we got it. Okay, we need to have another episode on Boba Fett. <laughs> That'd be interesting. Um, so, but yeah, so they use a really cool train sequence. I love I love trains. I know you love. Trains. Uh, so I and I love Star Wars space trains. Which is really cool. And this is like a true blue train heist episode. Yeah, except they're not the heisters. Exactly. It's a weird reversal. Um, it really quickly kicks off in terms of, okay, so they're guarding something. Oh, man. I hope there's a train heist in The Mandalorian. I feel like I'd, I'd wait a while. I get excited Solo about just came the out and, stuff. and whatnot. <laughs> um, that was a great heist scene. It was. Uh, so, yeah, they're protecting something on the train, yeah. actually. Uh, and the actual heisters show up, and they're these really cool, almost very Ninja Gaiden-looking, um, characters. Oh, yeah, they're incredibly cool. And they're very nimble and, and skilled, because they're, they're giving Ventress a hard time. They mm -hmm. deal with Dengar like nothing. A lot of things give Ventress a hard time. <laughs> <laughs> very true. Life. Uh, we get some cool parts where uh, Bosk and Boba are working together yeah. to to defend the room and whatnot. I just, I love seeing them together. Oh, yeah. And we, <laughs> we got a little bit of, like, Bosk and his kind of, one might say fatherly mm -hmm. um, protection of Boba. Like, even when they were with uh, Aura Singh, mm -hmm. he was protecting Boba. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's what I say. I just, I love them together. Yeah, he's uh -oh. just, like, either if it's by, you know, obligation to Django, mm -hmm. uh, or just the fact that Boba, he's got something to him. I would I would really love for that to be a comic series. Like, of, uh, you know, I, 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 here's the thing. I've actually interacted a little bit on social media with the guy writing the next Vader series, the Target Vader series. Yeah. And it's gotten me a little bit more optimistic about it. And that's cool. After that... Let's leave Vader alone for a little while. Yeah. And let's get a Boba and Bosk story going Exactly. On. Come on. We need more canon Boba. Exactly. Um, the canon. cinematography of this episode is really great, and it's highlighted in a particular scene. So, after the moment when Bosk and Boba are defending, you know, oh Boba's gosh. like, hold the fort here, I'm going to go to the to the, the front cab yeah. where the thing they're protecting is. And there's and, a... Here's the thing. Yes. It, it's animation, so it's not as spectacular as a long shot in actual film. But it's lovely. But it's visually satisfying, yeah. Yes. Uh, and so it's just one long shot of Boba going from one part of the train to another and along the way kicking butt and taking names and everything. Yeah. And it, it's such a cool transition because as soon as he gets to the next cab, he's just got, you just got lots being like, you might want to get down. And then Heisinger doing his thing. Yes. Which was so cool. It's very reminiscent of what we see the IG droid doing in the Mandalorian. That very rotate spinny I mean, gun thing. <laughs> yeah. What we didn't see because it was blacked out. <laughs> oh, no, we I totally saw it. Yeah, we went on Reddit. Um, it, was on, it was on there 15 minutes later. It's such a satisfying it's shot. It's so lovely. Like, I just, ugh. I love seeing droids just murking people. Yeah. Um, 
but one by one, so the the our bounty peoples get kicked off the train, basically. Yeah. Until only Ventress and Boba are left with the cargo. Yeah, and uh, yeah, Asajj calls for backup, and Boba sends Bosk, but he is kicked off. Yeah. Like we said. Um. Yeah. By the way, these these warriors are called Cage Warriors. Yeah, K A G E. Which reminds me of Johnny Cage, and I don't know if that was intentional. No, I don't. I, I don't know. Um, they're very kicky and now, very pinchy. Now, one in particular gives Boba a hard time mm-hmm. uh, in the part of the cab where the cargo is being held. Mm-hmm. And it's there that Boba actually knocks open the cargo. And it's a girl! It, yeah. And it's a girl named Plume. I, I love the interesting moment where Boba's just like, what? wait, what? And then he, he thinks he's protecting her and she slaps him and he's just like, what? Like, all the confusion on Boba's face. Yeah. It turns out that the cage warriors that have been attacking the train, uh, the leader is Pluma's brother. Mm-hmm. Chrismo. Mm-hmm. Which is... Pluma <laughs> yeah. and Chrismo. Are they fairies? Um, are they, like... Uh, are I, they dwarves? I, I, I will say I appreciate them not going, like... Japanese inspiration since clearly yes. the motif is very ninja like. Yes. I preach I appreciate them pushing boundaries and just making they Star Wars names. <laughs> right. Um I will say after this episode I'd love more about these guys. Oh yeah, definitely. Very interesting, very cool, and very bright eyes. Oh yeah. Very very pretty. I love And the... it works really with the subterranean darkness, it seeing yeah. their glowing eyes is really creepy. Yeah. Um so Basically, the girl is worth a lot of money to the bounty hunters because well, she's their payout. Yeah, she's the job, and but we we learn it at the end. But basically, she's part of an arranged marriage. She they paid the bounty hunters to get her from her village. Well, they didn't take her from the village. Others took her from the village, uh, but they hired them to transport her to the king or whoever. I can tell the sleaze ball. The uh, jerk. They really. You're not meant to like him, and they, they animate and voice him in a way that you're. Yeah, you just, it's gross. It's it's furthering the just disgusting, yeah, uh, motif of of this whole arrangement. Which yet again, Star Wars, echoing real life. This happens the, even the, today. Yeah, and and so um, her brother's just trying to break her out. Exactly. You know. Yeah, Asajj, not. She understands the situation, but she does not care. She needed money. Exactly. Her mama, she... her mama abandoned her in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> yeah, she attacks Crismo. He sets off a smoke grenade, and uh, in the smoke, he attacks Ventress, and they fist fight a bit. But she, she make... what I think she, is interesting. Boba and him were pretty evenly matched. Mm-hmm. Ventress deals with him pretty easily. Yeah, I think I think that's an interesting moment because it's like it goes to show Boba's cool, but he's still not quite there yet. No. He hasn't f- fulfilled his reputation yet. Um, yeah. I think to this point, he's so, you know, high up in the bounty hunter ranks because he's attached to boss. Well, and that's what's interesting, is he's good. Yeah. And he's good with a team, clearly. Oh, yeah, definitely. Somewhere down the road, he goes lone wolf, and, and you know, we see yeah. that by the time of Empire, you know, in, in the 20 year span, so... Yeah. Eventually we see either Maybe. he got good enough, or... Yeah. Maybe a, there was a falling out. Maybe we've got like a Sagarera Jin or so situation where he boss mm. just like leaves him on a planet. It's like take care of yourself, man. Ooh, that's interesting. Again, why? That's why I want more yeah. Boba Bosk stories. Yeah, that'd be so interesting. Just, I want more Boba. <laughs> exactly. Um, I I just think the relationship he has with Bosk is the most interesting part of Canon Boba that we have right now. Yeah, definitely. Canon Boba just sounds like a a dish. From a foreign land, like something you get at Epcot. Like, uh, unlike oh, have you tried the, the cannon boba? Unlike, unlike the boba cannon, which just <laughs> launches boba beads into your just mouth. Just giant tapioca pearls just hurling <laughs> towards your face. Um, I know some people who would love that. Much like tapioca, this is a mess here in the end. Because <laughs> um, we get an ominous close where Ventress seemingly just doesn't care about the situation. Yeah, but then we see her coming... To the deliver the. I love the come up. It's so great. <laughs> I hate that you called it because I wanted to. Pl- yeah. I mean, it's still a surprise. Like but I... immediately, I was just like, "Uh, she's not gonna let that slide." Yeah. Um, 
so yeah, she frees the girl. Puts Boba in the box. Puts Bo- delivers Boba as part of it. So, but she gets paid. Yes. And what's even better is the Cage Warriors also pay her. Exactly. She's just making bank. And she doesn't have to share. Well, <laughs> well she does. He, she and doesn't share with the other people. No, she her. does. That's, that's the surprisingly honest thing she does. Remember, because she gets back to the top, and right. everybody else is there, and they're like, right. where's Boba? And she's like, he'll turn her up eventually. Yeah. Do you imagine <laughs> that the king was just like, well, she looks different. <laughs> right. Uh, oh, what's that thing where there's there's this character that can't tell male and females apart? It's it's some show where it's just like, he I can't remember. It's some alien character remember. who can't tell males and females apart. Uh, um, I just... All that's coming to my head is Pleakley from Lilo and Stitch, but I know that's not it. No, I don't think so. Um, How great was Pleakley? Oh, so annoying. No, uh, he was fantastic in the show. But yeah, so when Venture shows up, she gives them the payout, minus her cut. Yes. But here's what they don't know, is she made double by getting paid by the Cage Warriors, too. Yep. So I appreciate the honesty there, though. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's an interesting move for Ventress, for sure. Because... Yeah. Well, I guess she knew if she didn't, they would probably come after her and kill her. I Yeah, I guess you do want to be mindful of your reputation, you know, yeah. I guess. Um, now, I, now, does this lead you to believe she's kind of reformed and, and the good gal of the stories now? No. <laughs> Just no. You think there's some more? She's neutral, I think, right now. A chaotic neutral, I'll say. Mm-hmm. Like, she's willing to beat down some peoples to get what she wants, but at the same time, she's the kind of person who's going to share the gold. I don't fair, know. Fair, fair. Well, um, we're not done with Ventress quite yet. That's the good thing. Yeah. Um, and we'll have time very soon as we get past season five, to, uh, well, five and six, to more openly discuss... Uh, the rest of her character, um, but some interesting development just in these couple of episodes. Yeah. Lots of fun conversations. And and she's actually back next week when we start talking about Maul, and that is exciting. Maul! Um, it's going to be a long while before we talk about the life of Maul altogether, just because we've got to get through Rebels, too. So, I mean, there's no point in talking about him and then having to talk about him again after Rebels. I'd, yeah. I'd, I'd rather take a full, long look at his life, his his half-no-leg life. By the way, thanks, Twitter, for just making me think of what happened to Maul. <laughs> mm, you, it's just n- like, you have no idea. Just like, not, a, not only was he sliced in half, but he was sliced in half just below the ribs. Right. Poor baby. Yeah. Um... So, plenty of interest, plenty of mall, plenty of Star Wars to talk about. So, But it's a good time to go ahead and say, so what we're going to do, and we'll announce it more fully in our newsletter, which is a thing that we're going to start uh, once a month at the beginning. We're going to put out a newsletter letting you know what we're doing for that month in terms of the show and everything. So that way, you can look ahead to, oh, they're doing this episode, and that's really interesting, and I want to tune into it. Yeah. You know, normally we don't really give you much fair warning ahead of time of what we're doing, so this is a way for you to know for an entire month, what we're going to be doing, uh, so that you can look forward to it. Um, but part of what we're also going to do is kind of just tell you where we're at with plannings of the show. Um, so we'll include it there, but just to go ahead and let you know, when the Clone Wars rewatch ends, which it will at the end of, uh, I, I think the end of June, partly into July or so, mm-hmm. um, only a couple months left, not long left. So when that ends, we're going to go ahead and start Rebels Remembered which will be a Rebels rewatch. Yeah. Uh, and so we're going to start with uh, Rebels, and we're going to talk about one or two. It depends on what goes on in the episodes. Um, but we're going to talk about that now mm-hmm. on Fridays. Again, we still have a ways to go before that happens, but it's something for you to look forward to. Uh, don't forget, or don't worry, we haven't forgotten Resistance. We will talk about Resistance. We haven't decided yet if we're going to do that on YouTube or the podcast on a different in a different way. We're just not sure yet, but we are going to talk about Resistance Season 1 before Season 2 comes out, just so you know. Uh, And then, when the Clone Wars new season comes out, we're going to cross the bridge of how we deliver that, but you can guarantee we're going to talk about each episode as it comes out and everything like that. So, we're going to talk about everything. 
um, know that, but uh, whenever Clone Wars ends, we will go straight into Rebels, so something for you to look forward to. Yeah. I'm excited, um, especially as much as you've been loving Clone Wars. While I love Rebels differently, I think I love Rebels so much because I love Clone Wars so much, so I'm intrigued to see how Rebels will sit with you and, and what you'll take from that and, and how yeah. you'll uh, adjust to that, I mean... I think it's just, it's it's just such a fantastic show, so I'm I'm excited about it. Yeah, I'm excited to see how the things that I know, unfortunately, play out. Yeah, I mean, it's tough. With Clone Wars, it's been a little bit easier because, although you would think people are very comfortable talking about Clone Wars, it's also been so long that not a lot of people are. Yeah. Um, Meanwhile, I go on Twitter, I get people are still a spoiler talking. in the eye. Yeah, people are still talking about Rebels because it's more recent and all that other stuff, but... The, the good thing is you have no context, which exactly. also makes it more frustrating, I get, but... Yeah. Yeah, all I mean... All I've seen is just Obi-Wan cradling Maul, and that's all I... I'm just sad about that <laughs> already. Uh, but it's it's about the journey, so uh, yeah. it's going to be an interesting journey nonetheless, I think, for, um, for sure, so... But that's a glimpse into the future. Guys, uh, make sure that you're following us on Twitter and Facebook where we talk about all that good stuff and everything. Uh, you know the deal, Patreon... Uh, support the show if you can. If not, make sure you're sharing the show. And one of the big ways you can um, help is um, obviously sharing the show, but also make sure that you're reviewing the show. If you haven't already, make sure you go over to iTunes, which is where most of our listeners get the podcast. Um, and just leave a review there. Let people know you love it because that makes us more visible uh, to new listeners, which is a great way to help us out there. Um, we will have an announcement on Twitter later today. That'll be exciting. We just finished a giveaway. Uh, hopefully uh, the winners uh, are celebrating uh, their victory and, and are looking forward to getting their copy of We Are Mayhem from Michael Morisi. Uh, but we're going to have an announcement later today about our next giveaway. We're already on to the next thing. We're giving away one of the cats. No. That one. No, that's my cat. She bites me. Because she loves you. Uh, but we are giving away a very special and very coveted book, apparently. We did a poll to see if people were still interested, and people were aggressively interested. Yes. So don't, calm down, don't worry, we're, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna appease you, so. But, uh, just keep an eye out for that on social medias and all that good stuff. Other than that, you know the deal, uh, but have a great rest of your weekend, guys. Stay scruffy. Stay the scruff. And may the force be with you. Bye-bye.